serving 10, must run by two points. It is absolute pandemonium here. I will be the greatest player to ever play the game. Anybody who won't die for it shouldn't be, shouldn't on the be court. playing shouldn't the racket. Get that ball. Get the ball. All right, guys, welcome to episode three of the Racquetball Show. This time we have something a little bit different for you. We have Wendell Pelham on as a guest, and Wendell is the head of the Live Like John Foundation, which is a big part of putting on this tournament, the Tournament of Champions in Portland. And I wanted to post this. It's not necessarily what we plan on doing for most episodes, where we want to have people who talk about tips to improve your game, ways to improve the sport, talk about the sport in general. This is very specific to Wendell and Live Like John Foundation, but I found it super motivational and super heart-wrenching and emotional, and I just love what Wendell has to say and his story, and I think everyone in the racquetball community can get behind what he's talking about. Um, so I hope you enjoy. Uh, this one will be a little bit different. We are not having the segments this time. It's just going to be the interview. Uh, but please enjoy this episode three with Wendell Pelham. All right, so we're here with Wendell Pelham. Wendell is the tournament co-host at the Tournament of Champions here in Portland, Oregon. And Wendell, we have brought you on today to talk a bit about the tournament as well as the Live Like John Foundation. So why don't you start introducing what the tournament is about? So um, my son was an avid athlete and um, an avid racquetball player. And between his first and second deployments, he actually wanted to become an open player on the racquetball um, world. And then I think he actually had aspirations to be a pro. Um, so he got redeployed to Afghanistan. And about a week before he was killed, he um, sent his last ever Facebook post. And it said, can't wait to play racquetball again. So a couple of our buddies who we play ball with all the time thought that it would be really cool to have a veteran memorial tournament. And so they called it, you know, they said, let's do the, the uh, Pella Memorial. And we had already decided to have a foundation called Live Like John because for us, living like John resembles not being better than anybody but always striving for excellence because that's what he did. And so we're here at the Mac Club for our fourth year, and you know, this year we got to bring in the, the Tournament of Champions pros. And so we have the top roughly eight players in the world plus another 16 to 18 of the top players in the world. So we're just excited to be here. Yeah, it's a great tournament. And this is the first time it's been associated with the pro tournament, but it's been a shootout in the past. And it's one of the most fun tournaments around. And Wendell puts on, uh, along with other people, put on just a great tournament and give a lot of swag. And it, it's a great time. Um, tell us a little bit about John um, and his story and how it relates to racquetball. Cool. Um, you know, John was John is our fifth child. Six. Fourth child, fourth child, um, second son. And um, he was an amazing athlete all the way through high school. Um, problem was he didn't get to play all the way through high school because like most young men, he was off chasing girls, driving cars, and, and yeah. skipping class. <laughs> yeah, I think some of us can relate to that. And um, he decided on his own that he wasn't going to graduate on time with his senior class. And there was a program in 48 of the 50 states, and it's called the National Guard Youth Challenge Program. 
And it's a live-in six-month program where these high school kids, male or female, go live in this program, get taught, get trained um, how to be better students, how to be better citizens, how to stick up for themselves and for our country. Um, and he went and spent six months in this program. And while he was there, ended up winning, I shouldn't say winning, earning a number of awards because of his leadership skills and style, um, and ended up graduating on time with his class, got to come back and, and finish his senior year playing varsity baseball for Sunset High School, and then subsequently got a small college offer to play baseball, and took off and, and went and played baseball. About halfway through the season, he drove home, and it was in Northern California, and I'm trying to figure out why his car's parked in my front driveway, and he had made the decision while he was at school that he was wasting his time. And I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I'm sounds, a... Sounds like a good life, a college baseball player, right? Oh, my gosh, think about it. I mean, America, apple pie, baseball. Um, you know, in our case, America, apple pie, racquetball. But, you know, <laughs> we, we can give him that foible for a while. Sure. Um, and he just decided that the military is where he needed to be. So he immediately enlisted. And then that started his military career. But, you know, like I said, an amazing athlete, great person, um, he had an attitude of, because of, um, he was a fairly good-sized kid, um, he always stuck up for the underdog. You know, you walk through high school halls, and you see it every day. Somebody's getting bullied, and John just wouldn't put up with bullying. And so he would find the kids that got bullied, and because uh, we've all been there. We've all known that. Some of us have been a part of that. Um, and he would just take over. It's like, no, 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 you're not going to bully this kid. And he didn't even know him, but he would just make it clear that that wasn't acceptable. And, you know, there were times when people would say, you know, it's none of your business, blah, 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 and he would make it his business. And so, you know, he had a great heart, and that's, that's why I think he wanted to serve our country, is he wanted to be this hero. Yeah, that's awesome. What an amazing guy. I mean, I, I never had the pleasure of meeting him, but uh, just from what you described, it sounds incredible. Um, if you don't mind, could you share with us some details of uh, John's deployment and subsequently what happened to him? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, <clears throat> so John was um, an intelligence analyst for the U.S. Army, and part of his job was to help our, our forces in Afghanistan um, track and identify threats to our nation. And um, he had two deployments, and he was subsequently killed on a second deployment. And what happened there was they were in, um, they were in a forward operating base, and some information came in, and he was delivering that information and, and, uh, to some of the teammates. And it was about an inside attack that was going to occur in, in one or two of the Ford operating bases around. And they were starting, trying to nail it down. And um, in, a, in an Afghan National Army uniform, um, pops out of a vehicle with a machine gun and he starts just a, a half circle pattern um, just unloading bullets and happens to kill um, a sergeant and then wound four other soldiers and at the end of the arc um, from let's say left to right at the end of the arc was John and he got hit four times and the one that actually killed him thank goodness was instant um, it hit right above his bulletproof vest and um, like not even a millimeter and it caught his collarbone and deflected straight through his heart and, and like I say, as a dad, he died instantly. So um, 
you know, if you got to go, I would, I would hope that when I leave this planet, that when I die, I am as actively engaged and as passionate at whatever it is I'm doing as my son when, was he, when he was killed. Wow, that's, that's intense. Um, but yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I was wondering, so you started the Live Like John Foundation. What does it mean to live like John? Great question. So quick backstory. Um, after he was killed, a couple days later, uh, a few of his high school friends, best friends, got together. And one of them made this statement that, you know, this is one of those, those clarion moments in our young lives that, you know, we just lost our best friend. And we didn't lose him because he fell off a skateboard. We didn't lose him because he was a drunk driver. Right. We lost him because he's defending our country and the freedoms that we enjoy. And so he said, you know, so I'm going to commit to live like John more and more every day. So that's where the, the name came from. And then one of his, one of his uh, girlfriends, not romantically, but just, I mean, they knew each other from, I think, second grade. As far as you know, they're not romantic. <laughs> exactly, as far as I know. <laughs> exactly. But you, then again, no. Um, <laughs> she was there a lot at the house. Yeah, she and he were like, yeah. But, you know, second grade gets crazy. <laughs> it's, it's like, whoa, what was that? So they were, they were just dear friends. And she decided to do something in his honor, and she had these wristbands made that said, live like John. And she wanted to be patriotic, so she had it made in, in red, white, and blue. And for some reason, we all thought it would be really cool because it would kind of similar, be similar to the flag, but it looked ugly. So she went back, and she had camo-colored bracelets made. And they say, live like John on one side and John's birth date and death date on the other side. And so the live like John is about how we go through our daily walk. What are we doing? You know, whether it's stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads, working moms, working dads, combined working families, that we're not out to be better than anybody. That's not the goal between li by, for Live Like John. The goal is every day, wake up and strive for excellence. You know, for me, one of my goals is to be a much better racquetball player than I am today. And so that means that hopefully in the next 365 days, I will enter and be competitive in an open class racquetball tournament. That's my goal. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to try and be better than anybody else. I'm not in competition with anybody else. I just think that Wendell Pelham has the ability. And so if I use my son's strive, striving for excellence every day, then I should be able to get there. And so it's a message that we teach to um, high school kids, the youth of America. We talk to many veterans groups about their training, their background, how they can help kids and help others in their communities just strive to be excellent. And if we do that, then I got a sneaking suspicion that our nation may just change a little bit because we're not after each other. We're not after someone's job. We're just trying to be the best person we can be. So that's how Live Like John came about, and, and that's why we decided to have a tournament. And, and I must say on a side note, for anyone that's listening, the swag, the headbands, <laughs> the wristbands, the shirts – are really cool. Like I Super wear cool. those things like all the time when I'm playing. Mm -hmm. Like if anyone can get a hold of those things, they're very stylish. Yeah, they're worth worth the price of entry. So yeah. come on <laughs> yeah. down next year. I a lot of tournament stuff like shirts and all that, and this stuff's cool. Yeah. Well, you know, John was John was kind of a. I didn't expect you guys to be so stylish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, John was just that. John was that kind of guy. I mean, he was very outgoing, very gregarious. Um, he was one of those guys that when you walked into the room. You know, people stopped and looked because he just had that presence about him. And so when we started thinking about the shootout and what we wanted to give, you know, my first inclination was, well, if John were here, 
he'd want the whole thing. <laughs> if he was playing in somebody's tournament, he'd be like, I get a T-shirt, and I get pizza. So we decided to do, like Tim said, the, the headband wristband set, the Live Like John wristbands, the challenge coins, the T-shirts, water bottles, bags, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, and this year, this year we got really carried away, and I think we're one of the only tournaments around that we actually have a tournament T-shirt and a tournament sweatshirt for our participants. So we're proud about being swaggish. Yeah. It's a good thing he wasn't an unfashionable minimalist. Otherwise, we'd have horrible uh, <laughs> swag right. and We'd gifts. be in day-old pizza and, and yeah. a piece of crap t-shirt. <laughs> Doesn't sound half bad, but... <laughs> I got to ask you, um, often sports are just fun and a healthy activity, but every so often it intersects with culture and life at large. And certainly your family story and your son's story does just that. Um, what... After your son's death, what role did the community of racquetball players play in your life? Wow, great question. Um, it's been, let me think, we're coming up on, yeah, February will be, February will be four years. And racquetball has been probably the most, imp I don't want to say important, but it's been one of the catalysts for me and our family to deal with John's death. Um, nothing's ever going to take it away. We get that. You know, you hear people say, hey, it'll give you closure. It'll give you this. It'll give you that. You know, guys, the honest truth is it ain't never going to get better. It's just going to get different. And different's cool. Different's okay. And so what Racquetball did in the community, which, you know, I'm so grateful for, a group of us got together, well, a group of our friends and a couple of veterans got together and decided that we should do a memorial tournament. And at that point in time, I was like, you know what, guys? My brain's so fried. Please, if that's what you want to do to honor John, I am all in. Well, then we had the first shootout. And there was like 100 people for a one-day shootout. And they came not because of racquetball 100%, but they came because they wanted to support the family. And they wanted to support our causes of how to take care of veterans and other what were known as gold star families, surviving families. And then the next year was like 115. The next year was like 129. And this year... We've expanded it to a four-day event, and the community's just gotten bigger. And so the racquetball community... Now you have a tier one. Now <laughs> we got the big fellas coming yeah. into town. <laughs> and, you know, so for people who don't play racquetball and those that do, um, hopefully, wherever you're playing, whatever club you play out of, you're grateful that you got a club. You're grateful that you got five, six, ten, twenty people that want to come hit the ball with you. It's not always about getting your butt kicked or kicking everybody's butt. It's about the love. It's about the compassion. It's about the camaraderie of hanging out together. Because let's face it, you know, Saturday after all the matches are done, there have been multiple times, and I don't drink. Sometimes I wish I did. But I get to sit around with some of my best friends and talk smack about racquetball yeah. and how good I was and how good I was ever. And, and why you didn't play good that day. Exactly. <laughs> what problems were. Right. And 90% and of that time, it was just the fact that I played crappy racquetball. Yeah. And let, let me say, you're very good, very good at talking smack and talking about what uh, you weren't good at. <laughs> exactly. I, could, I can hang with air. So that's, you know, that's what racquetball has done for our family. And then, you know, my, my family's not very, um, as you guys know, I, I'm, I'm way out there. I don't have a problem talking about it. I don't have a problem being around it and embracing it. But my family's kind of the other seven of them are fairly private about it. Deal with uh, it separately. Yeah, guys. they deal with it differently, and that's, that's one of the beauties of what we do. And so, you know, 
I get to represent my entire family, and, and they'll be here this weekend. They'll probably come in tomorrow and, and watch the pros play a little bit, and they'll, they'll tell me very adamantly, do not introduce us. Do not put us in the light. Yeah. We will kill you, and it's okay. But they know that this community, they get to come and be part of it without having to do anything other than absorb the love and absorb what this community brings to us. Does it feel surreal to be at a tournament for your son? It's, whoa. Yeah, there are times when, you know, you just look around and it's, he's got his name on almost every wall in the, in the major courts. And then you look up and there's, we have the pro banners hanging yeah, from the rafters. Really yeah, if, you, if people uh, see the tournament online or wherever, there's a big uh, banner of, of John hanging above the court, which is really well done. Yeah, so you walk in and, you know, as his dad, you go, whoa and it's been four years and it's like whoa that's real um that's that's kind of big time and so yeah you walk in and 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 you know you 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 guys know more than anybody because we hang out um you know there are days when i start talking about it and you know it's going to get emotional yeah and you're cool about it and you and it's it's so cool that you're cool about it because it allows me to be me and then there are days when we're talking about it and i can see you getting emotional about it and and that's the beauty of this community that we hang out with, is that, man, I'm, I'm accepted for who I am. And that's what I think I, I love probably the most about racquetball, mm-hmm. is I could be a novice player and get on the court with opens and IRT players, and you're going to allow me to get on the court and have fun. Mm-hmm. It's not about you kicking my butt, because we know that's going to happen, but it's about, why don't you try this shot? Why don't you try that shot? And I think that's what I love about the game, is the pure love to help one another and to grow the sport. Yeah, I think that below, some people will see like a tournament and see people getting very frustrated, very angry, <coughs> and they're like, this is a very intense sport. But in a way, I feel like there's an underlying honesty because we are true to our emotions, maybe to a fault. Yep. So when you step out of there and you're cussing and maybe you're upset about something, everyone understands what you're going through. They know what it feels like. And there's certain commonality there that it's not a lot of BS, you know? You can just level with people around the racquetball community. It's straight up. It is straight up, you know? Uh, We've watched a couple really intense matches already in in two days. Some intense matches. Dylan and Charlie. Well, I wasn't going to bring that up, but (laughs) Dylan and Charlie. Come on, I'm right here. (laughs) I just lost. I'm devastated. You were close. So that's that pink elephant that we weren't going to talk about. (laughs) You did better than Alvaro, though, so... That's I think if, if we're allowed to talk about you and your son's death, I think we're allowed to talk about my, my racquetball loss. Yeah, that's, that's in the, face of, in the yeah. face of that, I think I can accept it. And I must say that, that um, I got to watch most of the match, and Dylan put some serious shots on Charlie. I mean, some significant shots that I'm still dreaming about how in the Sam heck he came up with them. So, you know, it may not have ended the way you wanted it, but from a spectator's point of view, it was one of the coolest matches I've had the honor to watch in a long time. So great match. I appreciate it. So another thing I wanted to ask you about is what is the Live Like John Foundation doing specifically with the racquetball and helping veterans? Cool. So two things. Um, we are partnered with the Military Racquetball Federation. So if you come to one of our events and uh, you're a player, then bring your lightly used gear. I don't want your broken stuff. I don't want your torn shoes and your torn shirts, but stuff that you would give to somebody who was starting the game or someone that's in an intermediate level. So they're going to go from a crummy racket to, a, to one of those. Yeah. So for some of us, we're blessed that we're sponsored. And, you know, I think most of us buy our rackets back at the end of every year. And, um, 
you know, some of them have little nicks and scrapes and cuts in them, but we take those rackets when you bring them and give and give like John and put them in the give like John bucket. Um, we take those and we help develop the high school programs. And then we also give them to the Military Racquetball Federation who puts on the racquetball rehabilitation clinics throughout the country at major military installations. And a lot of these veterans don't have equipment, so we're blessed because of the love of the game from all of us that play it. Um, you bring your rackets, we give them to them, and then they give them to these players so that they can get on courts and enjoy what we enjoy, the freedom, the ability to make their own sounds, the ability to be healthy, to sweat, to get oxygenated and rich blood running through their bodies to get the endorphins up to, and we got to be careful because veterans don't want to be fixed. They don't want to be fixed. Mm -hmm. They're just looking to feel better. And however we can help them do that is cool. It's and a, it's a healthy manner of feeling better. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And so racquetball gives us that because get you on a court, get you sweaty. You're hanging out with people you like. Um, you know, you're getting to hear sounds that you really didn't want to hear. And it helps the brain in the transference of pain to pleasure. And we want to get them to that point. And the original concept was there are over 22 veterans a day committing suicide. If we can get that number to drop by one, mm -hmm. if Lynn Live Like John can get one to not commit suicide, I don't care what else we do the rest of our lives. That's one life that we saved. That's one human being that will go forward in their lives and be a great pillar in our communities. Absolutely. So that's, that's what Live Like John is. a heck of a cause, man. Yeah. Very inspiring. And that's certainly an extreme, but for every suicide, there's probably a hundred veterans who have substance abuse problems to try to make themselves feel better. Oh my gosh! So if racquetball can be an alternative, why not? Yeah, and that's that's where it originally came from. Was, um, you know, if someone asked me, well, why the suicide hook? Your son wasn't suicidal, was he? And I went, I have no idea. He died before I could ever talk to him about anything like that. But I think I know John well enough to know that he was very healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and because of who he was and his quest to stick up for the underdog, I think that the reason we went to the suicide thought process was because had he come home, what would he have done with his fellow soldiers and, and teammates that may have been on that edge? Mm -hmm. He'd have been the first one there throwing the lasso around their waist and pulling them off the ledge and doing whatever it took to help them get healthy. So that's why we went down that suicide thought process. Yeah. Was because that's what John, I, I sincerely believe, that's what John would have wanted us to do. That's was great. to save his, his fellow service members. Yeah. You were talking specifically about how gunshots related to racquetball shots on the court and how experiencing that can be helpful, helpful to veterans. Could you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. So <clears throat> for those of you who have been to any tournament or club play, um, most of the time it occurs in the elite, open, or pro level. Um, those, those folks who have a great backhand, a great forehand, you know, who crack the ball. Um, so here's the association. If you can crack that ball, you know what it sounds like because it makes you happy. Um, you're putting the ball, use a military term, downrange rather fast and rather accurately. And so... When the M4 rifle, which is the one that most of our service members use in combat, um, when that round comes out of the barrel, it makes a very significant crack. And I was in a court one day, I was hitting the ball, and I, I kept wondering why that sound sounded so familiar. And then it came to me that that's the sound that one of the rifles that I happened to shoot, the AR or the M4, um, 
That's the sound. And so we felt that if we could get veterans who have sound triggers that, or sound issues with PTSDs that then trigger the PTSD episodes that cause them pain, um, if we could help them in a transference process of getting on a court, learning how to play, now we're getting healthier, and then get them to up to a speed where they could hit the ball as hard as some of us can, then the psychologists tell us that their brain will begin to make that transference, and it'll go from my oh crap moment, because oh crap means there's somebody shooting at me in combat, to oh crap, I'm pretty freaking good at this. I make my own sounds. And oh, by the way, that's a sound that used to cause me pain and anguish. So now they make the sound, the transference occurs. Think about it. They get to go out and enjoy the 4th of July. What is the best holiday for a veteran? The holiday that celebrates the independence of our country. So they now can go out and enjoy fireworks. They can go out and enjoy the drag races again. They can go out and work on their cars. Mm -hmm. They can hear a garbage can get toppled and not think they have to duck. So that's part of what we're really striving to have happen is that we help these, these veterans, these service members, get that transference, and they do it themselves with our assistance and a therapist's assistance. Um, and they get to live these really cool, full lives because they have all these amazing experiences that it's they can so teach us. I mean, yeah. for <clears throat> the racquetball community to have the potential to be helpful in some way outside of the court is amazing. Well, and as a quick footnote, I was in Washington, D.C. a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> and I had the opportunity to talk to the, uh, the lieutenant general who is the commander and surgeon general of the United States Army about this theory. And she was amazed and very interested in working with us on the research side and helping, you know, once we get some of it done, yeah. then they want to review it and see if it's something that we can't roll out um, military-wide. Yeah, that would be great. Man, that would be... That would be an honor. That would that, be a legacy. That's fantastic. I love it. Uh, Wendell, yeah, thanks so much for joining us. I wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, ask, is how can people help um, the Live Like John Foundation if they want to help? Well, you know, I think there's, um, there's a lot of ways, um, specifically, and, it, you know, it's, I'm, not, I'm not inhibited enough to, to step away from this one, but, you know, if you want to go to our website, it's livelikejohn.us. Um, it was .net, and I found that I could get the U.S., and I thought that was appropriate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, go to livelikejohn.us. Please take a moment, review our website, see the things that we've posted. They're about John. They're about our lives. They're about his legacy and about what he stood for. And, of course, there's a small button on that page somewhere called PayPal. You know, if you want to drop us a few dollars so that you can help with the research that we're, we're um, putting on to, to work on the, the PTSDs, that would be fantastic. Uh, I think the, the easiest way is to come to Portland, Oregon at the first week of December we and come go. play ball with us. You guys yeah. need to see this tournament for many reasons. <laughs> Live Like John be the centerpiece of the whole thing. But we are right now in a room where we're overlooking where the Portland Timbers play. I'm looking at the goal, you know, where the goalposts are right now. It's a pretty amazing club. If you're a racquetball player, you need to come to this event. Yeah, it's so cool. So, you know, Really, the other thing that you can do, and I know it, sound, it may sound cliche, but, you know, it's what we believe as a family. You know, just pray that our foundation will get the funding and get the, um, the exposure that will allow us to do this research and help these veterans and help our service members um, get healthy. Because without them, you know, we lose as a nation because they are a very, 
very important segment of our population and, and to see them homeless or to see them suffering. In my mind, and I know I'm, I'm a little critical, but in my mind, that's criminal. You know, we, it should not be happening. So that's how you can help. Pray for us. Pray for them. And uh, please donate. Thanks, Love it. Wendell, so much for coming on. And uh, what, when, when do you play? Um, <clears throat> I made a bet. I made a mistake, and and Uh-oh. and uh, <laughs> and uh, I told my sons, my two youngest sons, that I could throw a piece of wood farther than they could when we were clearing brush at the house a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I picked up a piece of wood. Didn't think it was that big. Think it was that heavy. Went to throw it, and as I threw it, my uh, bicep tendon ruptured, and. Um, had to have surgery and I can't be on a court for 12 weeks. So, <laughs> so right. I, I, I don't do even that, I don't even get to play in my own son's tournament. It's all right. You have severe obstacles. Have rough, yeah. you know. Have rough. Well, but now you get to help and jump on podcasts and all that. Exactly. Stuff, so. so, before we close, you know, thank you guys so much for the opportunity to visit about John and and you know our passions um, for racquetball because I know it's not just mine. I know it's yours as well, and that's what that's what keeps us dry, you know being driven is that, you know, at any given day, I can get on the court with one of you guys, and, and yeah, you're much better than I am. But you treat me like, uh, like a, a fellow racquetball player. You help me with my game, and um, that's what I love about the sport is that, you know, there are a lot of us that just want to make the sport better and more far-sweeping for a lot of people. So thanks for the time to, to visit about John and about racquetball because I'm all in. All right, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Wendell. Yeah, Wendell. See you soon, man. Thanks.